It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Thursday, December 24th, 2020. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Frustrated by delays in Sitka's efforts to establish a public boatyard at its industrial park, a group of fishermen is proposing setting up a new nonprofit to do the job themselves, at least in the short term. The Sitka Assembly took up the issue at its meeting on December 22nd. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. The Sitka Assembly and the Industrial Park Board have been pushing to build a marine haulout ever since Halibut Point Marine announced it would be closing up shop on its haulout in the next couple of years. The city asked for haul-out proposals from the private sector last spring, but it only got two nibbles that weren't quite what the city was looking for. The assembly voted to reject those offers in July and applied for a federal build grant to help fund the multi-million dollar project with public money. When that funding didn't come through, they went back to the drawing board, and in October, the assembly directed city staff to draw up a brand new RFP. And now there's a new twist in the haul-out saga. A group of local fishermen informed the assembly that it is developing plans to launch a community boatyard at the park. During public comment, Linda Benkin and Jeff Farver spoke on behalf of the group. They said it would be an incremental step toward the city's goals of developing a higher-capacity boatyard. small group of us have uh, decided that we need to step in and try and create an interim option for Sitka to not be at any time without a haul-out and a boatyard. And our goal is to do this in a way that benefits the community, that benefits our local fleet, and that doesn't preclude any future options of going to a higher capacity yard, but just getting something started. Um, We don't really want to be in the long-term boatyard business. We just see this as a need. to get best in that interim step as Linda laid out. Benkin is the executive director of the Alaska Longline Fishermen's Association, but the letter she submitted wasn't on Alpha Letterhead. It states that the group intends to raise and invest around a million dollars to launch the boatyard under the umbrella of a nonprofit. They would upgrade the existing ramp to allow a self-propelled trailer to haul boats up to 55 feet in length and would lease enough land from the city, allowing around a dozen boats to be out of the water at a time. The project could be scaled up later to include a conventional marine travel lift. City Administrator John Leach asked the Assembly for direction. Did members want to move forward with the existing request for proposals, or did they want to make substantial changes to accommodate Benkin's group's new plan? He said he'd found the back and forth over the haul-out RFP over the last year pretty frustrating. You know, my previous life, we would call this wrong rock management, where uh, somebody says, go find me a rock, and we bring the rock, and then when we get here to the to the table, it's wrong rock, go find me another rock. So we're looking for that clear guidance of what, what kind of rock do you want, and we'll put it together. We thought we had it this time. Member Valerie Nelson said she wanted to keep the RFP as open as possible and still favored a private purchase or lease. My belief is the bigger the butterfly net, the more butterflies we catch. And I propose or will will um, support anything that says private ownership. We do need to get that land into private ownership as quickly as possible because it's a drain on city staff. It's a drain on resources. And member Rebecca Hemshoot thought more specificity might bring the city offers closer to what they were looking for. I liked how member Nelson said it with the 
you know, bigger net, more butterflies. That makes sense to me. But what if the butterflies are not what we want? What if they're moths, not butterflies? So I feel like we should be really clear going into it so that the bites we get, the nibbles we get are the fish we want, so to speak. Member Kevin Mosier wanted to move forward with the RFP staff had developed. Members Tor Christensen and Kevin Knox both said they saw the RFP and the interim solution Benkins Group was working on as complementary, not mutually exclusive. Christensen said, though he didn't object to leaving the private sector on the table for a potential sale, it was unlikely they'd get a nibble they'd be satisfied with. Due to a clerical error, the RFP in the packet wasn't the most up-to-date version. The Assembly took advantage of the hiccup to revisit the question at its first meeting in January. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. A coalition, including green groups, tribes, and fishermen, filed a lawsuit on Wednesday to restore roadless rule protections to 9 million acres of Tongass National Forest. Coast Alaska's Jacob Resnick reports. Alaska's governor and congressional delegation applauded the Trump administration's decision to exempt the Tongass from the roadless rule, a Clinton-era restriction to development on federal forest lands. Supporters say the rollback will boost southeast Alaska's ability to log trees, extract minerals, and boost hydroelectric energy production on federal forest land. But a coalition of southeast Alaska tribes, fishermen, and environmentalists argue the decision disregarded overwhelming opposition from Alaskans for the sake of a few hundred timber jobs. Kate Glover, a Juneau environmental attorney with Earth Justice, says the U.S. Forest Service's environmental review is fatally flawed. She says the rollback of the roadless rule was in part justified by helping southeast Alaska's logging industry. But their analysis shows that Removing the roadless rule will not provide any additional jobs or income through the timber industry over the next 100 years. And because they've made that assumption that there isn't going to be any more logging, despite opening up all these acres to clear-cutting, they've failed to, to disclose the effects of the action through their environmental impact statement. Five Southeast Alaska tribes have joined the lawsuit, all of whom withdrew from consultations with the federal government, complaining that their input was being ignored. Tribal President Joel Jackson of the organized village of Cake says the Tongass is his people's traditional homeland, and the rainforest is tied to food security through subsistence hunting and fishing. We've lived here for 10,000 years or more, and we've practiced our way of life uh, in these uh, forests and on these waters all around our uh, communities. And, uh, you know, if we lose that, we're going to lose part of our identity. And that identity, he says, would be threatened by the loss of their ability to feed themselves from the land. The lawsuit also includes support from the visitor industry and commercial fishermen. Linda Benkin heads the Alaska Longline Fishermen's Association in Sitka. She says Southeast commercial fishing sector depends on healthy salmon habitat, a point reinforced in last year's report by the Alaska Sustainable Fisheries Trust. And there's a lot of information there that really we drew on in saying, boy, the best value for the coastal communities in the southeast economy is to keep this forest intact, particularly in the face of climate change. For critics of the roadless rule, this court challenge was inevitable. Actually, I was anticipating it would be filed a little sooner than now, but we've been anticipating it for quite some time. Jim Clark is a Juno attorney and longtime political operative. He's been working to overturn the roadless rule in Alaska since at least Governor Frank Murkowski's administration. I don't think there's really any reason for people to be frightened by the exemption. We've had it in the past, and uh, these problems haven't occurred, and uh, uh, that there's no reason they'll occur now. 
That's because he says the 2016 Tongass Management Plan and federal environmental laws remain in place to conserve the region's natural resources. And, he says, that includes the projected 185,000 acres of old-growth forests that could now be logged. And there'll be uh, litigation to uh, double-check what the Forest Service does every time some kind of action is approved by the Forest Service. The federal lawsuit names U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue or his successor. That's in recognition of the incoming administration of President-elect Joe Biden. Glover, the environmental attorney, says a Biden administration could start the formal process of reinstating the roadless rule. We think they'll recognize the importance of the Tongass for climate change, for for the whole world, as well as the wrongs that happen to tribes throughout this process and the importance of keeping the forest intact. But in the meantime, this lawsuit asked the courts to do that heavy lifting. Tongass National Forest spokesman Paul Robbins Jr. said Wednesday that as a policy, his agency doesn't comment on pending litigation. Reporting in Juneau, I'm Jacob Resnick. Donald Trump Jr. was spotted in Petersburg this month and posted video of leaving Petersburg's harbor on a guided hunting trip. The president's son was in southeast Alaska for a week-long hunt with Coastal Alaska Adventures that was auctioned off last February. A video posted December 20th shows Trump leaving by boat from Petersburg Harbor at sunset. Pulling out of Petersburg, Alaska right now. Uh, I'll see you guys in a couple of days. Uh, What's really nice about it No cell phone service, uh, satellite phone for emergency, no texting, no social media, no nonsense. Um, Just me, my son, uh, some good friends uh, having a real adventure the way it's supposed to be. So Trump Jr. is executive vice president of the Trump Organization, working with the company's real estate and business holdings, according to the company's website. He's known as an outdoorsman and for his opposition to the Pebble Mine in southwest Alaska. He mentions the permit denial of that project in this video. Other videos on his Facebook page show Trump Jr. and his son on ATVs and a jet boat in what looks like the forest of southeast Alaska. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now let's take a look at our community calendar for some things happening in Sitka today. Sitka Lutheran Church celebrates Christmas Eve worship 3 p.m. today, Thursday, December 24th, at Pioneer Park. For more information, call 752-0123. Sitka Lutheran Church also celebrates Christmas Eve worship 6 p.m. Thursday, December 24th, with prayer, scripture, and singing via Zoom. And you can call 752-0123 if you have questions about that. And one final service. St. Peter's by the Sea Episcopal Church holds Christmas Eve service 6 p.m. Thursday, December 24th via Zoom. All are welcome. For more information, email stpetersbythecak at gmail.com. You are tuned in to your community radio station, Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. Good morning. This is